The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data. Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro, and today we're going to discuss marketing for lifestyle brands. Joining us is Emily Lyman, who is the CEO of Branch and Bramble. Branch and Bramble partners with industry leaders like Paramount Patagonia and Penguin Random House to combine data and creativity to develop no BS marketing programs that convert, making it a trusted digital marketing agency for value-based lifestyle brands. And today, Emily and I are going to discuss MarTech for lifestyle brands. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Emily Lyman, the CEO of Branch and Bramble. Emily, welcome to the MarTech podcast. Thank you for having me, Ben. It's amazing to be here. Very excited to have you on the show. Very excited to talk about a niche of marketing that honestly, I, I didn't really realize had a brand until we had met. I think of lifestyle brands or lifestyle companies as I'm running a company, it pays me enough to pay a salary and pay for vacations, so I don't have to have venture capitalists and I can run my own show and maximize it as a tax haven. I hope the IRS isn't listening to this podcast. Your (laughs) definition of lifestyle brands is a little bit different than mine. Tell me what you consider to be a lifestyle brand. So these are companies that offer products or services that are really associated with a particular manner of living or identity. So they often focus on providing a very carefully curated experience for their customers rather than just pushing individual products. And nine times out of 10, a factor of these lifestyle brands is that they prioritize purpose over everything. So they're going to seek to reach an audience equally as eager to stand for something, be it sustainability, social issues, or all of the above. But it's something that a consumer can relate to more so than just their product or service. Okay. So first thing that comes to mind when you talk about lifestyle brands, brands that stand for something that have a purpose, Patagonia. Let's save the world. Let's make sustainability. Let's get outside. Let's not buy a bunch of stuff. And they're basically giving corporate profits to help keep the world the world. Give me some examples of other notable lifestyle brands. So if you think of Away, which is the suitcase brand, they're not just selling luggages or suitcases. They're selling a sophisticated jet 
setting lifestyle. So you kind of have them on both ends, right? And that's their purpose that they've structured it around. And like we said, it could be social, it could be sustainability, but it could also just be a way that someone wants to structure their life. Okay. So I guess in some capacity, when we talk about lifestyle brands, you could make the argument that when it first launched and it was Uber Taxi, that Uber was actually a lifestyle brand. It was a way to get a black car on demand so you could live that fancy Silicon Valley tech lifestyle without having to sit around waiting because hailing a taxi wasn't good enough for you. And then obviously the brand has changed over time. So let's talk a little bit about the marketing practices for these types of lifestyle brands, a brand that stands for something that helps you live a certain type of lifestyle. Are the marketing practices any different for lifestyle brands as opposed to, I guess, what we would call commodity brands? Yes. An effective lifestyle brand is really an active one. Think of it as having a presence on social media. Yes, they have enticing educational content, but they're about community building. They're about diverse representation. They're about a lot of other things that factor into, hey, what is my long-term consumer looking for? Because they're not just, hey, we want a a one-and-done consumer. They want to be the brand that their consumers strive for, attain, and then grow with. What I'm hearing from you is there's a message that has to be imparted to the user before the product does. And that probably means a lot of storytelling, a lot of content marketing. Talk to me about the marketing channels and some of the tools and technologies that lifestyle brands rely on that might be different than sort of your transactional brands? So with lifestyle brands and their tech stack and everything that they use in their marketing, they're looking first and foremost at how their tools can help them with that storytelling. So it's less actually about we use all these different tools than say a more e-commerce driven, click-based driven, one transactional driven brand. And they're more looking at does this tool help me make more meaningful connections? So their tech stack is going to be much more community focused and tailored because they're looking to cultivate an immersive experience with their audiences. But they need to make each level of communication still feel very intimate and very personal. So with that in mind, depending on the tech stack you use, you affect your overall brand perception, right? And that means that aesthetic and even capabilities are much more important for lifestyle brands in their MarTech than any other brand. All right. So this isn't purely just a impressions out equals clicks equals conversion style marketing, right? We're thinking about how do I reach someone in my ICP? How do I understand if they've engaged with my content, my brand? What does the lifestyle look? How many times am I touching them? What content have they consumed? Yada, 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 yada. At what point do you start thinking about KPIs? Like, mm, I don't know, purchases, revenue, If it's all just like, we're selling the story, we're selling the vision, we're selling the love for the life and the brand and the narrative, and let's get millennial on this shit. At some point, you got to drive revenue and run a business too. So where does the, we're building community, we're thinking about relationships overlap with, this is what drives dollars into the company bank account. I love that you asked that question because 
they are so intertwined. And I'm going to make a little plug for our conversation next around empathetic marketing, right? Because that is inherently about conversions. So when you're doing different types of marketing, especially for your lifestyle brands, KPIs are still at the very start. They're not an afterthought. They're always still, hey, what are our goals? How do those goals fit into our campaign? How do they structure our campaign? And then it moves forward from there. It's a way of telling the story through the campaign, but the KPIs are never forgotten. So it always still is at the beginning. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. All right. What I'm hearing from you is that lifestyle marketing, to me, it's like modern marketing, where I understand the positioning or the segmentation that some brands care very much about building a persona and a lifestyle that you're trying to attain. You know, I think of the luxury brands, the Gucci's of the world or Prada or the Birkin bag. All these are brands that people think they should aspire to. And then once they have them, it gives them some sense of identity. As a marketing practice, I think that the lines are being blended between your commodity Q-tips and the lifestyle brands where most marketers that are in basically any sort of brand want to stand for something, have a mission, be more than just the product. And to me, what that's saying is companies now are leaning more on content marketing than performance marketing. They're leaning on community, something that you mentioned, and they're leaning on influencers to help tell their story more than they are in traditional performance marketing. So understanding that there is this prescribed mix of you create your content and push it out there, get other people to talk about you and have a very clear narrative that gets people to be enthusiasts of the brand before you try to sell to them. How is that different? And why is a Q-tip brand different than Gucci? Isn't everybody a lifestyle brand now? What I'm hearing a lot when you're talking about the differences there or how marketing has evolved, even with transactional brands, 
is there's a lot of you, you, you. The Q-tip brand wants to tell their story. They want to tell how their customers are using their product. I would say that with lifestyle brands specifically, they go beyond the brand product so that the purpose of the brand itself transcends the product. I'm going to argue with you. I bought a lifestyle (laughs) Q-tip. I'm not kidding. I did. I believe the company was called Last Object. And what they do is they take the disposable objects that you're using every day, like Q-tips, and they create one. Now, admittedly, the last object Q-tip was basically like a rubber Q-tip that's supposed to be better for cleaning your ears. It's just not very comfortable because it doesn't have the sort of cottony end to it. And I got it. It's in my travel kit now, so I don't have to remember to pack Q-tips. Nothing personal, last object. Sorry, your Q-tips aren't as comfortable as, you know, (laughs) Q-tips. But I bought it because it was like, oh, yeah, I guess I am buying a bunch of Q-tips and I'm constantly throwing them away. I want to be more sustainable. This is the last Q-tip I'm ever going to need to buy. I've saved the earth one Q-tip at a time. Even Q-tip brands are becoming lifestyle brands. There. Ha. It happened. (laughs) You win. And actually, I have one of those as well. They're not as comfortable (laughs) as I was hoping they would be. I don't like them. But the Q-tip brand themselves are not a lifestyle brand, right? You did a perfect explanation of the difference between what this one more transactional Q-tip brand and last object is as a lifestyle brand. And I still think there's there are still differences between the two. So we still have transactional brands, but more and more brands are recognizing the importance that they have a brand purpose, strong brand values and mission to them. I would say lifestyle brands take it even still even one step further in that they create a story that will drive consumers for life. Once you are a Patagonia consumer, you are in all the way, I would say eight times out of 10 for consumers who try Patagonia. And then what they end up doing is they create this new purchase funnel that is no longer a funnel, but a loop. And the center of that loop is trust. And so they constantly through action, brand communication, brand advocacy, and engagement, make sure that their consumers are living, in this case, the Patagonia lifestyle in all aspects. So how do you go from being a Q-tip that's like, buy our Q-tip because it's sustainable and that's the one, one product and you make you feel good about it, to I'm this person who cares, again, just using Patagonia as the example, who cares about the earth. So everything I do is going to go back to that and everything that I live for and stand for multiple touch points of that can drive back into the Patagonia brand from their recycle program, right? To their repair program of don't buy a new jacket from us. Please just bring it in and get repaired to we put out these special shorts and all the proceeds are going to this political candidate because we believe in him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or you're a venture capitalist and it's just standard fare to have a gray vest that's a Patagonia (laughs) vest because it's a status symbol. Let's not kid ourselves. That's a component of this too. My takeaway here when we talk about the practice of marketing is that modern brands don't want to be commodities. You have the ability to directly sell to your consumer. And so what that means is you don't have to focus on finding these distribution channels. You can build relationships directly. 
Now, what that's done is change the need for marketing to not only find your consumers, but be able to tell a story, build enthusiasm to get them into some sort of a nurture loop where they continue to buy your products. So practically speaking, when we talk about marketing, that means I'm doing content marketing and influencers on the front end to build the reputation. I am capturing the user information and starting to remarket to them, probably using things like newsletters or in the case of Patagonia, they're probably still sending print mail and a catalog. And then I'm following up with my consumers to try to get them to continue to stay in the purchase cycle, but also communicate to their friends and their family that they live the values that were described up front with my content marketing. So if that is the entire life cycle, Give me the quick version of the MarTech stack. What are the solutions you need to be a successful lifestyle brand? Okay, I'm getting there. I'm just going to take a little bit roundabout approach because I want to really specify that lifestyle brands, even though you and I will agree that the number of lifestyle brands is growing rapidly, they have to have different considerations when choosing their tech stack. So yes, advocacy is a big one. Those influencer management platforms your communication and attraction that you mentioned, right? Which is those social media management tools. You'll need video photo editing tools. You'll need your email marketing and definitely your SMS marketing tools, 100%. So those buckets fall within that communication and attraction. Then you need to move on to your action and engagement. This looks like your social listening platform, etc. So In terms of those, the things that you're looking for, one big piece is aesthetics and not the aesthetics of the tools, but the aesthetics of how good those tools look to your consumers. Because unfortunately, yes, content marketing is a big thing, but with lifestyle brands specifically, you need to have a very strong visual aspect to your brand because we don't only relate to brands through content and words and video, we relate to them on a visual basis as well. So all these considerations you have to take into your thinking. So with, let's go with your communication and attraction, your social media management tools, what integrations do the platforms have? What kind of posting are you able to do? How are you able to respond to comments? It's all of those things except, hey, if this capability is going to make my video look terrible or doesn't have the proper photo editing tools that I need, that's a huge problem for lifestyle MarTech brands. It seems really like a minor portion of it. Everyone's like, what about the analytics? What about the KPIs? What about everything this? But because as consumers, we relate on to brands on such a visual basis, all of that needs to be taken into account when you're looking at your tools. Look good, feel good, sell good. That's the story of the lifestyle brand. And that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Emily Lyman, CEO of Branch and Bramble. Join us again tomorrow when Emily and I are going to continue our conversation talking about how you can replace cookies with empathy-based personas. If you can't wait till our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Emily, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can DM her on Twitter where her handle is Emily Lyman, or you could visit her company's website, which is branchandbramble.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Martech podcast. 
Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is MartechPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.